With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Part of the Murderer's Row of Ball Talk. Here's two-time Twins World Series champion manager Tom Kelly on the ride with Royce. Tom, we were just talking about Ricky Henderson. It was this day in 1991 he broke the stolen base record. How was he as a full Boy, he was uh, he was tough. He, he could probably give you nightmares, you know. He he was he could change the game, and with the pitching that Oakland had, uh, which was pretty good, uh, and you could pretty much count on him if he got on, he he's going to score a run because he knows how to score a run. There's no question. <laughs> he could steal a base and maybe even steal third. And, you know, they had some pretty good people in that lineup with, you know, Steinbach and uh, Canseco and McGuire and uh, Carney Lansford. You know, you can go right through it, and they, they find a way to get him in. So uh, your best bet was to get him out and keep him <laughs> off the base. So that was uh, the best challenge. I know there's different times where uh, we wouldn't even look at him when he was on base. Our pitcher, we'd, we'd, we'd have him not even look at him because so much of his technique and style was uh, timing the pitcher and that sort of thing. Oh, really? You just try to give him and no so hint? We don't even look at him and, and hope to throw him out of whack for a, you know, a pitch or two and try to get an out on the, another out on the board. <laughs> where he got too far around the bases. So, <laughs> but, uh, you know, having the lineup that he had uh, behind him, uh, the hitters, uh, that, you know, all he had to do was get on, and it was a pretty good chance he was going to score. You might have had to yell out at a plate umpire once in a while, too, about not calling a strike against him. He oh, could he could convince him not to call strikes. Yeah, he? He, well, he got down in that crouch, you know, and, and uh, he'd get awful low there. It was like, uh, who's that, Eddie Goodell? Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, you know, there's not much to uh, leeway there. So, uh, But, uh, you know. It was uh, always a challenge playing Oakland, and, and he was a big part of that. Did you have him in the All-Star game here? I mean, I, in, in, uh, in 92? I don't think so. Uh-huh. I, for some reason, I don't think so. Uh, but he did come up to me in the Futures game. Uh, that uh, Yeah, the Futures game, because he was a participant in the uh, what was going on afterwards. And... Uh, and he come up and said some nice things, and I, I, you know it was pretty nice for him to say some things that he did, and 
And uh, I said, well, I want you to know you're responsible for some of this gray hair that I have. <laughs> but he's, he was tough. He was oh, tough. man, he was. A, he's one of the, you know, he's a he's a generational player when you look at the numbers, man. They're unbelievable. It's more, more scored. More, you always talk about scoring runs. He scored more than anybody. That's yeah. pretty good. Steal, you know, he just steal bases. And, and, and you got to give a lot of credit to the people behind him too because uh, they you know they had some people that could really drive the ball and get him in so if you got on you're you probably count on a run gonna score yeah snow back on the dl uh yeah. boy i don't know what the heck they're gonna do with that uh, big fella yeah um it's a shame uh patrick uh you know we we chatted just a minute last night and we talked about uh you know we're all hopefully get through a season and and uh, then when it it doesn't happen, it's you know the first of May, and and uh, boy oh boy is a long way to go yet. So uh, to be on the DL this early is um, I'm sure very disturbing for a lot of people, and it's it's a shame because we need some a uh, uh, little jump in the lineup, and uh, a couple of the other fellows have really uh, come to fruition here with uh, Kepler and uh, Escobar really are carrying the load for the twins and and uh, uh so we're gonna have to have other people uh pick up here some and and uh you know we did score five last night with a chance for a few more but uh again uh you know you put five on the board it's usually you have a good shot to win it's uh <clears throat> i'm sure you had your uh your your uh i don't want to call battles whatever uh to uh to get a to get a kid to try to reach his full potential, but it's it's uh, Sano is just not getting there, and it's too bad. Yeah, he's uh, you know it's it's so hard. I I, I really felt uh, uh, a year ago he made big strides in in the way he approached the game, playing third base and and uh, doing a, a, a pretty good job down there at third and and. Uh, uh, thought he was really making some strides, and unfortunately got hurt, and, and had to have the uh, rod put in his leg. But you know that's not good. But um, again, uh, you know you'd like to see the movement forward and, and keep getting a little bit better each year, and and uh, <clears throat> that's why I always talked about you know years and years ago about you know let's not get too excited about too many players and, until they've done it for you know, two, three years in succession. And then you know you got a pretty solid player, but with the hype that everybody has now and the media and the, all the different uh, things out there with media-related and, and uh, social media, uh, you know, there's a lot of hype with the minor leaguers, and, and uh, so we expect a lot more, and, uh, and we're just not getting that consistency that we need and for um, uh, to be a star player, you have to be out there on the field and and put your time in and play 145, 50 games, 60 games, 160 games, and and then now you got something. You know, until that happens, uh, you know, it's hard to really count on anybody if you're not doing that. Well, uh, if he'd stay on that ball away, there's home runs to be hitting right center field for this well, big, uh, you know, strong it's, guy, it's man. Almost for everybody. Yeah. And the way the, the kids are so strong now, <laughs> you know, if you just stay on the ball, you know, a guy like Escobar is pounding the ball to <laughs> central field. Now, come on. You know, 30 years ago, uh, 20 years ago, you didn't see that. Uh, you know, they might pull one here and there and it go 
go out now. They hit them all. They hit them out the center field, opposite field, doesn't matter. Yep. So, uh, you know, the ball's probably a little more juicy and, and uh, travels a little bit better, and, and they're stronger. And, and uh, let's face it, the pitching's not as good, and, and they pound it in center field, no problem. Uh, you, we were talking a little about Escobar last night, uh, and uh, a good guy. Uh, we all enjoy him, but you also were saying there's a serious baseball guy in there too. Well, he he's been around a long time now. He was probably up uh, before his time. Somebody doing those stats there on that computer you got, Patrick, uh, mm-hmm. can figure out. He was up early with yes. the White Sox, correct? And not and, playing that and, much. And, yeah. yeah, just sort of a utility guy. And uh, uh, play here and there, and and I remember Gene Glenn talking about it, and him specifically, and he made made some good points about, uh, uh, you know, when he he never really learned one position, you know, shortstop, third, second, uh, he never really got anchored a little bit at one, and then okay, now maybe we have to learn to play the others, okay. But he's never really had a position, and, and that's because he was in the big leagues fairly quickly. And um, uh, when I thought was a good point uh, Gene made, and and because uh, uh, you know he's okay at short, and he's probably okay at third and second. But you know I don't know if he's outstanding at any of those positions or anything. But he gets the job done for the most part. And now he's uh, turned into uh, you know you throw the ball down low down by his knees or a little bit below, he's going to hit it, especially <laughs> left-handed. He he kills those pitches, and, and uh, uh, pitchers continue to throw the ball down there, and he continues to smash it. So uh, you got to give the guy a lot of credit uh, for what he's done with his career and and the amount of time that he has in the big leagues right now. He, he's he's done a good job, no question. Tom Kelly's with us. You mentioned Kepler. That uh, swing looks pretty good. It's uh, quick. It's yeah. quick. He's having some real good at-bats for the most part and uh, battling, and he's not an easy out uh, I don't at all. I, I think uh, if he continues with that trend, uh, his batting average should go up, uh, you know, market, marketably. And... Uh, you know, you start getting on, on base a little bit more, you score a few more runs, and now you become a pretty good player. So, uh, you know, the quality of his at-bats, I think, has really improved from one year to the next and to the following year. So the more at-bats, I don't know how many he's got now, but he's, he's starting to get up there, I would think, and near the 1,000 or so. Yep. And uh, so, you know, there's a magic number in there somewhere. I'm not exactly sure where it is, but... You know, you start getting 800, 1,000, 1,200, you know, you should see some improvements. Uh, and if you don't, then, well, maybe we got the wrong guy. But he's definitely going the right the right way. All right. Uh, they decided to call up the uh, veteran utility infielder, but put him on the roster and call him up, this petite guy uh, who's uh, been in uh, organized ball for 16 years. They kept uh, Nick Gordon in the minor leagues. Right. What? What for you was the... Uh, the, I guess the the punishment a team would take if they rushed a guy for two weeks and then turned around and sent him back. To, you know, if if Gordon would come up and you would find out he was overmatched, what were there were there long term uh, uh, damage well, or was it depend on who the guy was? It, well, I think everything you said is, is somewhat right, uh, but I think the thing you might have left out is starting the clock. 
Yeah. You know, so that's that's one of the things that mm-hmm. you have to, they all look at now and, and protecting uh, what they call protecting the roster. You always got to protect the 40-man roster. Yeah. That's a, you've heard it a thousand yeah, times. Right, I've right. heard it 10,000. So uh, that's a, always a, an issue. Uh, there must be some people down in the minor leagues that feel that he's not uh, quite ready and uh, and I told you last night I had spoke to Paul about him a little bit because I was uh, sort of a fan of his, and uh, Paul thought it'd be wise if he stayed down, and, you know, for his decision making and and some of those other parts of the game that need to be uh, tuned up just a touch. So hopefully uh, he'll be doing well this year and continue to do well, and uh, maybe by the middle of the summer or. Or towards the end, there uh, maybe he can get a, a pretty good taste of it here and, and see what he can do. Tom, uh, my theory on uh, long baseball games: there's several reasons. Is the computerized strike zone that these guys all get judged on? What uh, when you see a guy have a tough time like that guy did last night uh, because for various reasons? What what do you think that those computerized strike zones done for baseball? Well. They're getting judged a lot more than they ever have had, and uh, you know I I don't know exactly what they got to go through uh, when they get graded or they get a phone call. What happens? I don't know what happens. Does anybody know? I don't know. <laughs> you know if 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 you know the game's over, okay, the guy missed. Uh, they say he missed eighteen, twenty pitches. Okay, well that's probably a few too many. And well, you know, you need to bear down. You're not seeing this one. You're not seeing that one, and you're missing this one consistently. I don't know what they do. I don't. I have no clue what they talk about or if they I guess, even do it. I, I don't guess, know. I guess what I'm saying is, you guys might have had a better idea uh, back in the day, because you know, if you had, uh, you know, Hirschbeck behind the plate, you knew you better be swinging, you knew boys. You better you know? be swinging. That's for damn sure. <laughs> Eckersley throw that slider about. Uh, you know, a half a foot outside, and there goes the right arm. <laughs> you know, you go, well, you got no chance. You know, he's good yeah. enough as it is. He don't need to help. You yeah, know? but at least you knew what a strike was back but, then. Uh, you know, Patrick, uh, I, I I really believe that the uh, the only way the game's going to move along is that uh, the umpire has to put his right arm up in the air and and say strike. And it's maybe harder to say strike and put your arm up than it is to say ball. Uh, I don't know what happens uh, during the course of the game. They can go along and they're going pretty good, and then all of a sudden here come the balls and they don't, they don't, they won't put their arm up. I don't know what happens. I, it's uh, one of those enigmas of things. Uh, I, I don't know what to think of it, but the game moves along when the players know they got to swing. That's for sure. Thank you for your time, sir. Talk right. to you in a couple of weeks. Okay. Uh, all right. Good. Tom Kelly is uh, uh, next week. Jim Cott tomorrow. Kurt, I haven't I haven't contacted Timmy yet, but uh, we should have Timmy tomorrow or Thursday. We'll be back. You're along for the ride with Roycey. Buckle up. Yeah! For the thrill ride of the year on 1500 ESPN. And now, Joe and Pat present Sports Talk's Person of the Day. He struck him out. Oh, what?
What a night for Josh Hader. Eight strikeouts out of the bullpen tonight as the Brewers defeat Cincinnati 6-5. to That is just incredible stuff what you just witnessed. You know what the Twins bullpen needs? One of these guys. Yeah. One yeah. of these guys. How about three of them would be even better. Josh Hader is uh, 24 years old. He was a 19th round draft choice of the Baltimore Orioles in 2012 out of Millersville, Maryland. Local guy. He uh, got traded. Let me see. What was the... Uh, what was the? Uh, Wait a minute. He was a 19-round high school kid that signed? He was a 19th-round high school kid that signed. Wow. And he got in on a trade. And uh, he uh, made it to the big leagues with uh, the Brewers last season. So it took him five years, six years, his sixth year. He made it to the Brewers last year, pitching 35 games, uh, 47 innings, and uh, was uh, very good, you know, very good last year with the Brewers. He had a uh, ERA of 208, and he had strikeouts. What are the strikeouts? He had 68 strikeouts in 47 and two-thirds innings. Wow. <laughs> yeah, well, that ain't nothing. Did you see the numbers this year? 39 strikeouts in 18 innings. Holy cow. <laughs> Left-handed. Oh last night, eight strikeouts in two and a third innings. <laughs> he had more strikeouts than outs. <laughs> he became the first reliever to strike out eight in less than three innings in Major League Baseball history. That's wow. Uh, he, he, big lefty, and he turns his back to the hitter. Have you seen it? Mm-hmm. You, you look at the number 71. And then he turns around, and uh, one of the most boring interviews of all time, by the way. But uh, you know what else he has, by is... the way, that you didn't mention? Really good flow. Mm-hmm. He's got, he's some got seri- the big hair. Oh, he's yeah, got, he's some got, some got the cinder guard hair. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, uh, the Reds, by the way. You know what? Also, also, we proved last night the Reds are beatable. Yeah, they beat them uh, six really? five last night. Uh, actually, they had uh, beaten them there. Uh, yeah, they beat them six five. The Reds are now seven and twenty-two. I didn't it's know it was possible worst, to beat the Cincinnati it's Reds. It's the worst twenty-nine game start in franchise history. Uh. And you know what that makes that impressive? Cincinnati is the original baseball franchise, eighteen seventy-six, <laughs> and they lost two out of three to them here in Target Field. But uh, we won't bring that up. Anyway, Josh Hader. We won't at, bring that up, at least even though you just <laughs> Josh Hader. They're using him. You know, they weren't even having him close until that Knebel got hurt. That guy oh yeah, the big year, righty, right? Great. Yeah, yeah, who was yeah. great. And but they'll use this guy anywhere. They'll use him in the fifth inning if they need to. You so know, much like what Frank Bona did with Andrew, Andrew Miller. Miller. I was yeah. just going to say the same these thing. The playoffs. Yeah. This is April. Yeah. 39 strikeouts in 18 innings. You know, and it's for wow. as lousy as the American but League. But he hasn't faced that Twins lefty lineup That's right. yet, so he's going to be in trouble. And for as lousy as the American League Central <laughs> is. Look, look at the National League Central. <laughs> I think Cincinnati is the only team with a losing record in that division. Well, Pittsburgh's a surprise team, yeah. Right. Yeah, and I mean, St. Louis is. St. Louis and the Cubs are good. And the Brewers are okay. Yeah. But uh, this guy is, uh, he at least deserves to be the, he's the sports person of the day. With an asterisk, <laughs> which is uh, the the best kind. Uh, 
Uh, but the Brewers, uh, you know, they you mentioned up, the trade with Baltimore. I don't rec- let me get the trade. Yeah, did you uh, did you mention me who was in that? I, I thought not... I had it on my list. Here. Okay, okay, all right. On July thirtieth, wait a minute. So he got traded twice. He ended up in Houston. Oh boy, wait, he, he, he could have been with the Astros. He ended up in Houston on it. Okay, on July 31st, 2013, the Orioles traded Hader and L.J. Hose to the Houston Astros in exchange for Bud Norris. Okay. Who they thought was okay, yeah. right? And then, on July 30th, 2015, two years later, Don't the mess. Astros traded Hader, Brett Phillips, Domingo Santiago, who has been pretty good for them, and Adrian Hauser to the Brewers for Carlos yep. Gomez and Mike Fires. So, uh, our fears. So, uh, the Brewers assigned Hater to the Biloxi Shuckers, and uh, he finished the season 303, 2016, blah, blah, blah. He began the 2017 season at Colorado. He got promoted to the majors on uh, June 9th, and ever since, people have been looking for him to take a urine test because he's been uh, fantastic. He just strikes out everybody. Man, so I didn't realize how big of a whiff that that trade was for the Astros, who other than that have, yeah. had made great moves. Yeah, but the, the Gomez and Fires trade was yeah, not Go-Go, good. They, uh, they thought they were they were trying to win the wild card, right? And uh, mm-hmm. they thought Gogo would help them. The only team Gogo ever gets a hit against is this one. That's true. <laughs> this old one, you know, he's, he's useless except for that. Mm-hmm. So. All right, we'll be re- we shall return. See what Johnny Hyde has any updates for us. Johnny Hyde, did you see the note on the uh, final assistant coach hired by uh, Lindsey Whalen? I have it right here, yes. Yeah, okay, go ahead, lay it on me. All right, first let me tell you that this update is sponsored by Indeed. Are you hiring with Indeed? You can post a job in minutes, set up screener questions, and zero in on qualified candidates in an online dashboard. Get started at Indeed.com slash hire. What Patrick was referring to, uh, Lindsay Whalen has filled her last assistant position with the familiar face in former U assistant Danielle O'Banion. O'Banion, who was an associate head coach at Memphis this season, coached Whalen as a player with the Gophers back on Pam Borton's staff, including the Final Four team in 2004. Uh, Whalen, hired, of course, to replace Marlene Stallings as Minnesota's coach last month, has now finished up putting her coaching assistant coaching staff together. Includes former Gopher player and assistant and McAllister coach Kelly Roysland and former Mississippi State assistant Carly Thebolt Dudonis. And this uh, this uh, O'Banion uh, gal was uh, the coach at Kent State for four years, and during that time, she beat lymphoma. She uh, had cancer and oh. uh, went through six months of treatment and uh, won the Pat Summit Courage Award. Hmm. Courage Award. So, uh, yeah, uh, Lindsay said she was going to find a head coach uh, to be on her staff, and she has now yeah. uh, done that. Yep. Uh, Twins Toronto tonight from Target Field. Kyle Gibson against Marco Estrada. Uh, Sano put on the DL today, retroactive to April 28th. The Twins bring up uh, veteran utility infielder Gregorio Petit. He makes the lineup first day up. The lineup goes Grossman, Maurer, Kepler, Eduardo Escobar, Rosario Garver, Morrison, Adrianza, and Petit. Petit's playing second base. Brian Dozier has been in a bit of a slump. He gets the day off today. During a conference call with reporters today, Terrence Newman said this will be his last year in the NFL. No ands, ifs, or buts about it. Judd took a cheap shot at me on Twitter saying oh. 
He thinks Newman is like Ricey. He's just threatening <laughs> retirement and will not uh, actually go through with it. <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah. Well, Ian, you two are kind of the same type of athlete, you and Terrence Newman. <laughs> yes, we are. Vikings just Determined. announced it. Determined. <laughs> True grit. Great teammates. <laughs> nice to everybody. Well, what was, it, what was it you said yesterday about Terrence Newman? If his... Or it was a quote from somebody. If his mind says he wants to get yeah, somewhere, yeah, he's, he's going to get there. Yeah, Same thing for you. If your mind says you want to get to somewhere, yeah, you're right. going to get there. If, you, my, if my mind says agitate, I agitate. That's right. <laughs> Balance. <laughs> Newman will turn 40 this September. Uh, the only quarterback to play in the NFL past the age of 40 has been Hall of Famer Daryl Green. Yeah. He was 42 when he played his final year with the Redskins. Was he really? Wow. 42. Yep. How old was he when he hit Darren Nelson and knocked the ball loose? About 35? It was what wild. year was that? That was 87, uh, 87 right? 87, yeah. 15 years, so yeah. he was 27 oh, when he really? did that. Because 2002 was his final Everybody's season. Everybody's still but, mad at Darren Nelson. He got lit up about right. an eighth of a second after he got the ball. Kenny, he's older than one. Is that what you're trying to signal? <laughs> I just, what, what, Manny, you weren't even born then. <laughs> 87? You're not supposed to know that. That was three. You're not supposed to know that. That was three years old, Kenny. With the recent retirement of James Harrison, Newman has become the oldest active NFL defensive player. Memphis Grizzlies have decided to make J.B. Bickerstaff go. He's really a good guy. Next head coach, they take away the interim tag. Bickerstaff was a Timberwolves assistant from 2007 to 2011. He's going to have to do some serious work on his one loss to get to 500, though, because yeah. he had those months in Houston. <laughs> oh yeah. After they fired McHale, that's right. And then they, and then he had. Uh, he's been interim, and he was interim, interim with this club too. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, the Are season, they a mess, by the way? That the team? Grizzlies, yeah. Kind of. I mean, they they got Conley. They need they were, Conley back from injury, and they Gasol. were good. Recently. They're gonna have a lottery yeah, pick, they, so they might be okay next okay. year if everybody stays healthy. Uh, tonight on this station, the season debut of the Adrian Heath Show. Coach talking about Minnesota United at uh, six o'clock, about twenty five minutes from now, right after the ride with Royce. Uh, one other uh, sports uh, broadcasting note: uh, Colin Coward again may reportedly be quitting the job he has. Mm-hmm. He's uh, been on that FS1 show with Jason Whitlock. Uh, the Sporting News is reporting Coward has told Fox executives and colleagues he will leave Speak for Yourself at the end of the year. Will anybody know? <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking, I don't think I've ever seen an episode. I Actually, I like Coward. I think he's pretty good. My favorite Colin Coward moment was about six, seven years ago when he had David Stern on. And it was when the Hornets, the then yeah. New Orleans Hornets, uh, were they're in flux with their ownership situation. And Colin said, Commissioner... Uh, my sources are telling me there are at least five to five to eight potential buyers of the Hornets. And David Stern just goes, your sources? I announced that in a press conference. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was great. That is that really great. good. Yeah, you don't want to get into Mario. You never wanted to get into Battle of Wits with Stern. He right. was one sharp <laughs> son of a gun. He put me down and made me about this high once when I thought I had him on the run at the uh, Olympics or something. And he, What did you ask him? I can't even remember, but okay. when I was done, everybody was looking at me like, Way to go, dummy. <laughs> go. Kind of like when I tried Great to question, pronounce Rexy. ophthalmologist. You know? <laughs> Baker Mayfield's agent says the Patriots indicated to him they were considering trading up to the number two overall pick if he was available. Mayfield's agent made his comments on the business of sports with Andrew Brandt podcast. 
Mayfield, of course, ended up being picked number one overall by the Browns, but Mills said the Patriots were interested enough to swing a blockbuster trade if Mayfield fell one spot. Uh, the Jets were picking third, and they indicated they planned to pick him if he fell to number three. Asked if on the day of the draft whether he was expecting the Jets to select Mayfield, Mills said we knew that was their bottom line. Do you think uh, that uh, if Belichick's asked about this, he'll give a candid answer? Oh, I'm sure he'll yeah. be very yeah. 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 forthcoming. Absolutely. All right. He probably started the rumor just to agitate Brady. <laughs> probably. <laughs> probably. <laughs> All right, Johnny, get the hell out of here. Okay. All right. The Ride with Royce now continues. First of all, He was giving them the business. It's time for Late Hits. LeBron, he's right side to Love in the corner. Almost falls out of bounds. Gives it back to LeBron to the basket. Double clutches, misses. Put back, good. Gets fouled by Sabonis. And LeBron James has a chance for the three-point play. It's a great series. And, um, you know, we had some ups. We had some downs. <laughs> but I don't know. We move on to the next series. Um, it's a good test for us, especially for this ball club. LeBron James, the greatest basketball player who has ever breathed, uh, got them through the first round. Uh, did you see the Onions commentary on this on Twitter? No, no I, missed I missed it. LeBron James credits teammates with providing four bodies necessary to avoid <laughs> forfeiture against Patriots. <laughs> I do love how he was telling family members, I'm playing the entire game. <laughs> I think that's great. Well, I and mean, he damn near did, by the way. Six, yeah. They got beat by a hundred. They, they yeah. were just awful. It, they, how has the cast around him got this bad? I, I don't know. I well, thought that Isaiah they would be. Turned out he couldn't play, so they, you know. Yeah, um, well, they they made the big. They made the two big trades, mm-hmm. and the first couple games they looked terrific. I mean, they were up and down the floor, and guys were they making were younger, threes. They, they were, were playing. Yeah. That was the thought that they were going to be younger and more athletic. Yeah. David, it lasted about two um, minutes. Yeah, but it just they're right back to the same old stuff. They're bad defensively and guys are not uh, playing that well. Are they going to be What's stuck too doing? with a lot of these contracts? What's Love doing. Love's Jesus. been eh, here and there. I mean, well, you know, he was out for he missed like, How about I think like that 6 one? weeks or so. How about this one? Andrew oh, no. Wiggins. Here comes the fix. Andrew Love. Wiggins for <laughs> Kevin Love. <laughs> well, he can shoot. Yeah, but he, he plays shoot. half the season every year. Yeah, you're right, but uh, you'd I have mean, to you'd have could, to you'd have to make it. They'd have to take Georgie, and you'd have to get one of their guys if, and something. I mean, if you're not going to move Towns to power forward by putting another big mm-hmm. guy next to him, I mean, you could give him a stretch four. And Here's you know what fills that role. Here's how I hope that I just that, don't know if that personality would fit well with this mm-hmm. roster. Here's why I hope that happens. If Kevin Love comes back, then we can say, well, he and Towns. Can't play together like we did with him and Al Jefferson <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 15 yeah, years ago, whenever we, that was. Yeah, we tried it for four weeks. It's, isn't that great, that too, how when, when Love and Jefferson were playing together, we, we, we all said, wow, you know, they can't play together. You know, they, they, that just, that's just not going to work. And then when Jefferson was gone, we kept saying, man, if they could just get another, uh, another you know, big just, guy. Just another big guy yeah. that could <laughs> score next to Kevin Love. They'd be all right. And then they got Peck. That's right. Okay, tonight. On uh, Channel 11 at 10, 10, probably 1020 Sports, Quinn Carroll, the uh, offense, the five-star offensive tackle, I think he's five-star, at least four and a half, uh, from Edina, will announce his college. And the uh, rumors are Notre Dame, but the Gophers, they're still in there. Jay Carroll, you know, a wide receiver, I mean, a tight end, played for the Gophers three years. 
81 through 83. That's daddy. And as I said on Twitter, Jay had the honor of playing in front of that full house against Nebraska in 83 when the Gophers scored 13 points against that mighty Nebraska team. (laughs) So he's got to have fine memories. Yes. That was his senior year at the university, 83. He has to have fine memories of that year. But uh, I think that... down Nebraska. My theory is... anywhere near Fryer. My my, uh, theory is that... uh, Would they do it on local TV if they weren't going to the Gophers? That's not our culture. That's unacceptable 100%. I mean, but then the other thing is Channel 11 does have Notre Dame games, so I, I don't know. But mm. it's it's either Notre Dame or Minnesota, apparently. But... Is he going to do the stupid thing where he's got nine baseball yeah, I'm caps sure. I don't front? know. I won't be watching. But I, I don't do that stuff. Because you know me. I could care less about recruiting, basically. But I will say, I said this on Twitter, and people... You can you can tell we're like two generations removed from when Sid was at his heyday, because I I've said I wonder if Sid made the traditional call to the Carroll family home to tell <laughs> Quinn personally that he would never get a job in this town. That's right. If he didn't play for the Gophers, see. <laughs> and people said, did he actually do that to everybody? Yeah. I had Tony Belden who was from Armstrong, ended up playing with the Gophers. I went down to do a Notre Dame thing when Jerry Faust first got there. And Felden and it was Belden was telling me these wonderful stories about Sid calling up and threatening him, you know, and we were laughing our arses off. And years later, Trevor Laws, the, the wrestler from Apple Valley, the lineman, ended Notre up Dame. playing in the yep. NFL for a while, went to Notre Dame. He basically... Told that that uh, Sid basically told him that his home would be repossessed if he uh, <laughs> if he if he, if he didn't if he didn't go play for the Gophers and people are shocked to learn that Sid did this. Of course he does this. Well, and the other one was does, the does one Trevor Laws down, does he have a job here? down in Laronitis. You know, Laronitis had originally committed to Mason, and then Ohio State came and got him. And and his his anger and I got this from Dad. Okay, that Sid would call up out there and uh, and tell him you'll never play at Ohio State. You'll never play at Ohio <laughs> State. You're getting lost. You'll never play. Well, when you're an athlete like James Laronitis, who worked out about six hours a day mm-hmm. and was about as committed as I guys, I don't think that's the proper approach. Right. When you're trying to help. The home team. No, I, I don't think you should tell him you're not good enough to play at Ohio State. Why don't you come and play with us? Because we aren't as good. Right you know? now, when when Tyus Jones announced that he was going to go to Duke, did Sid pull I, the uh, "You'll never get well, a job in probably Minnesota"? Probably not, because he likes to be a buddy with Shashevsky. You know, he ah, because okay. of the night connection, he was always he he acted like he was Shashevsky's buddy. <laughs> so he probably wouldn't do that. I don't mm. think. I don't think he'd do that. Well, and Plus, he got always, a job in Minnesota. I think he, he did, was yeah. always a much, much more determined football recruiter than basketball. I think. Here's oh, the million reason. Wait a minute. Know. Wait a minute. Wait. See, a minute. He goes back to the, you know, after World War One, two, not one, two, uh, when Gopher football was all that mattered in the state. So Here's the million dollar mindset. question, though, Patrick. And uh, forgive me because I don't know the, the 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 recruiting part of it. This was before I was working in the media. Did he do it with Joe? Joe who? Maurer. 
when Maurer threatened to go oh, play Florida football State? at Florida State? Well, he probably knew he was going to sign for baseball. So, so it was pretty much was well known that Joe was going to pick yeah, baseball yeah, over football. Yeah, once he, you know, it was just a. It's a pretty good. It was a pretty good negotiating ploy uh, to be the number one overall pick. If you don't pick. give me five and a half million, I'm the number one football recruit in the country. Right. That's a pretty good ploy. So. No, I don't think he did it. Okay. But uh, anyway, yes, I, I'm sure Quinn Carroll, especially since he knows Jay from having played with the Gophers, sure. I'm sure they've been getting... Now, Sid's not not as verbal as he used to be, okay? Mm-hmm. So, he, you know, he, he wouldn't... I don't think he'd make the threats. He'd just plead a little bit. What about Michael Floyd? Yeah, I bet he called. I bet he called. Yeah. Yeah, if the Gophers... Floyd ended up with the job in Minnesota. If the Gophers really... Yeah, right. You get it, yeah. you know. Yeah, but Michael Floyd went to, didn't go here. Went to Notre Dame, too. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of them, you know, you never get a job in this town again. That was my greatest. <laughs> I've had I've had 50 athletes tell me that. It's, uh, it's amazing. And by the way, I hope this doesn't get Coach Whalen in trouble, but I got a report that... Uh, they used a baby to play peekaboo with a recruit the other day oh, to help in the recruiting. Man. I don't know if that, I hope that's not illegal. Did it work? I don't know if we oh. got her or not, but okay. she, she enjoyed playing peekaboo with a baby from what I bought. One, one of the assistant coaches' baby. That's so. the kind of ground. That that's the kind of recruiting we need. You know, fresh ideas. <laughs> yes, yeah. right. Fresh yeah. ideas baby and innovation. Ten month old playing. Who pe- doesn't peek-a-boo. love peekaboo? That's right. We'll be back. Double duty today, the steam zone, followed by a daily complaint. What do you got, Manny? Uh, This is from ESPN just a couple hours ago. High school coach claims school fired him because of number of black players. In New Jersey. New Jersey, high school football coach said he lost his job. Yeah, the Holy Roman Church. Uh, He was fired despite a 34-6 record over four years. So I'm going to do some more reading on this, but that does not uh, sound (laughs) good at all. That does not sound good at all. I think it's it's bad for the future. Uh, What what do you got? I got a kind of serious one here, boys. Uh, Depression is a, uh, boy, it's a bad thing, man. And we lost a really good dude over the weekend, a guy I know well, Matt Larson. Uh, I did some work with him uh, in a a different uh, line of work. And there's going to be a benefit for him uh, this Friday at the Poor House from 4 to 10 p.m. They're trying to raise money to help his family pay for his funeral expenses. He was a good dude, and he's going to be missed by a lot of people. All righty. Uh, here, I got a daily complaint. And I it was from watching a little snippet of this, maybe uh, 10 minutes the other day on the Big Ten Network. Lacrosse. That's my daily complaint. <laughs> okay. It's the stupidest game I've ever seen. <laughs> you can't see a goal. No, you, why do they? I mean, go ahead and play it. Have sure. fun. But don't put it on TV. Nobody's ever seen a goal. It is hard to follow. Nobody's ever seen right. a goal. A puck looks like a, by comparison, a puck looks like a beach ball. A frisbee. It's easy to find a puck. <laughs> Nobody's ever seen a goal. Why bother to put it on TV? Plus, isn't there a crease? Can you just walk right up and swing? You know, that's traveling. The guy. <laughs> they need the yeah, thing, the old uh, when, yeah. when when Fox had the NHL, where they have that little, yes, right. that little uh, laser thing following it. Dumbest game to put on TV in the history of TV games.